1: From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Four Democratic presidential candidates were in metro Atlanta's area yesterday to court voters. New Jersey Senator Cory Booker and Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg spoke at the African-American Leadership Council Summit in the morning. Former Vice President Joe Biden and former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke delivered remarks at a Democratic Party fundraiser in the evening. With more than 500 days until the 2020 presidential elections and still no date for when Georgia will hold its primary, what makes Georgia a top campaign stop for White House hopefuls? Well, for more on that, we are joined by GPB's Political Rewind producer, Robert Jemison. Robert, good morning. Good morning, Virginia. Thanks for being here. So far, major candidates have already made more than a dozen trips to Georgia. Have we ever seen this much Democratic action this early?
0: So this is a lot of action, and you're right. We have not seen this much action in the state for quite a long time, you got to remember, no Democrat has carried Georgia in the presidential election since 1996. Um, and so this is a clear sign that Georgia is a battleground state. This comes from, in part, the large showing in the 2018 elections where Stacey Abrams came within 50,000 votes, 55,000 votes of becoming governor. You know, flip seats in strong held Republican congressional districts such as Luthi- Lucy McBath up in the 6th congressional district. Um, and a lot of other signs that show this you know, purpling, as we call it, um, of the state.
1: Well, the evening was capped off with uh, this major Democratic Party fundraising event where Stacey Abrams, a former gubernatorial candidate, delivered the last speech of the evening. What did she have to say? Well, you
0: would think that Stacey Abrams, as, you know, one of the most high-profile Democrats from Georgia, a lot of these candidates were here to to court her vote her and her support. You know, an endorsement from Stacey Abrams is almost like a gold star for any of these candidates. But, You know, when she took the stage to close the event last night, it was interesting. She sounded more like a candidate, even though she's not running. You know, she's been on this campaign for voter suppression and, you know, fixing the election system and getting more voters registered. And she really did sound like one of the other candidates up there on stage.
1: Did any other candidates pick that up, the idea of voter suppression or election reform?
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, Abrams has charged candidates since November 6th or, or since the elections in 2018. She's made it a focus to focus on voter suppression. And, you know, one in particular, Cory Booker, he started off the day's events. He was speaking at this summit in the morning, and he really, really hyped up on the the concept of voter suppression. He also picked up on another theme that was consistent throughout the day when he was speaking about women's reproductive rights and how they'll be important in this election.
1: This has got to be a movement election, because what I see, particularly for African-American communities, is unacceptable this assault on women's reproductive rights is an assault on women, but it's a particularly assault on African-American women. A movement election, and he's got to get the ground game. Similar to Stacey Abrams, that was a true movement here in Georgia, but what did he have to say that was Georgia-specific?
0: Well, speaking to Georgia specifically, after his remarks at the event in the morning, he was speaking to a group of support, uh, reporters rather, and he made a pretty bold statement by calling Georgia definitively a, quote, blue state. Now, he based that claim on the idea that there are more Democrats here than we think. And he said that his strategy is going to be for voter turnout. Um, you know, if he believes that there are those Democratic voters out there, one has to ask how did Stacey Abrams not reach them when she had a really robust ground game? If so, if he hopes to get those voters that she didn't, he's going to have to invest a lot of time, energy and money to reach those voters.
1: Georgia is a state where there are more Democrats living here, I imagine, than there are Republicans. just looking at uh, the state numbers. What we need to do is to get people out to vote. This is a blue state.
0: Now, the Georgia GOP quickly picked up on that when it got out. You know, it spread on Twitter and social media. And the Georgia GOP tweeted back at him a reminder that, you know, Georgia is not a blue state, that we do have a Republican governor, that statewide offices have been held by Republicans for years. And they tweeted the reminder that Stacey Abrams is not the governor.
1: Well, bold statement on the part of Cory Booker there. How about Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg, uh, as that's how he's known? What did we hear from him?
0: So this was his first trip down to Georgia for a campaign. He was here earlier for a visit with um, President Jimmy Carter, but he also picked up on the focus of voter suppression, and he went after the racially motivated voter suppression and the election issues.
1: When racially motivated voter suppression is permitted, when districts are drawn so that politicians get to choose their vote, instead of their voters, instead of the other way around, when money is allowed to outvote people in this country, we cannot truly say that we live in a democracy. So that was, of course, to the African-American Leadership Summit. Uh, Do you think he was, you know, is this consistent with what Mayor Pete has been talking about?
0: This is pretty consistent. You know, he's focused his themes on democracy and, you know, regaining trust in democracy. And so his solutions for what what he identifies is the, you know, voter suppression issue is to expand automatic registration. This is something that a lot of candidates have talked about, is why aren't people automatically registered to vote when they turn 18? He also talked about. Um getting people to register before they turn 18. A lot of people don't know this, and you can currently in the state of Georgia also. You can register to vote when you're 17 years old. You can't vote when you're 17, but you can go ahead and register so that everything is squared away when you do turn 18, you're prepared to vote in the elections.
1: And uh, Joe Biden and Beto O'Rourke also shared similar proposals. You did get a chance to speak with Mayor Pete. What did you ask him about?
0: So I wanted to ask him more about, you know, specifically to Georgia, how does he think he's going to win the state? You know, this was his first trip down here. He's a mayor from Indiana. So how does he hope to connect with Georgia voters? He had a lot to say about, you know, connecting with Georgia voters and the similarities between where he serves as governor, South Bend, Indiana, and the rural parts and the, you know, programs he's been able to instill to, you know, help economic development here, well, there rather. But he's also talked about, you know, how Obama turned Indiana blue in his election and how he hopes to do the same thing in Georgia. But look, I saw Indiana, my very conservative state, turn blue for Barack Obama in 2008. There's no reason to believe that uh, Georgia uh, would not be in play for Democrats in 2020.
1: That is Mayor Pete Buttigieg speaking with Robert Jemison. He's a producer for Political Rewind, but he was on the campaign trail yesterday looking at some of the candidates, four candidates from the Democratic field who were visiting Georgia in the metro area. So uh, fair comparison, do you think, rural Georgia and Indiana as a state in terms of voters and the kind of things that they care about?
0: Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of similarities between and and they share a lot of the struggles, the economic development, you know, the leaving factories in Indiana and the struggling farmers in Georgia and the ways that he tried to pair those connections were really profound, you know. He hasn't just he hasn't had the chance to reach those voters, though. I don't know if the the rural voters in Georgia are hearing his message in the way that, you know, they would be if he were, say, a senator.
1: Right. So Mayor Beto O'Rourke, on the other hand, he has been, let's say, getting his message out via a robust presence on social media. I'm not sure how many rural Georgians are actually following that. But what did he have to say to Georgia voters?
0: So he also talked about voter suppression and women's reproductive rights. Now, you'll remember he is in that trio of Democratic candidates including Stacey Abrams and Andrew Gillum, who, you know, were given a lot of money and they all did not win their elections. Um, So he's another, you know, failed candidate that we would say that is coming out to try to be the president. You know, he made he talked about the significant gains that Democrats made, even though he lost and how he says that's a signal for what will come in 2020.
1: If we repair our democracy at this moment of maximum threat and peril for that very democracy and for this country, then we will fully honor the service and the sacrifice of those who preceded us. And I believe it is the only way to take on the historical challenges that we face.
0: So the ways that he wants to repair the democracy, you know, he talked about things like partisan gerrymandering and, of course, Democrats can charge Republicans with this, but this goes both ways. When when Democrats are in power, they also have been known to redraw districts that favor them. He also wants to regulate super PAC spending that heavily influences campaigns. A lot of big money going into campaigns. That's not necessarily the money from voters in in the districts where people are being elected. Um, he also made a point that has been echoed by a number of candidates, and that there's a lack of trust in the democracy and in the democratic system. And so a lot of these candidates talked about, you know, reaching these voters and telling them, hey, if you elect me, I will make this government work for you.
1: So how about former president, former vice president, rather, Joe Biden, who is leading in the polls by a long shot, was also here. What did he have to say to Georgia voters?
0: So Biden is the the clear front runner in the polls right now. I want to make a note. It was significant. Last night was Joe Biden's first appearance where he appeared with another candidate at an event. And so that was a milestone. And it really punctuated the importance of this event in particular and, you know, courting the black vote when you're coming down to Georgia and Atlanta. Um, But he started his remarks last night by changing his stance on something called the Hyde Amendment. Um, This is a law that bans the use of federal dollars to be sent on abortion procedures, except in the case of rape, incest or when the woman's life is in danger. So on Wednesday, the Biden campaign released a statement saying that he still supported this law, which opened him up to a lot of criticism from National Democrats and from his opponents, including Beto O'Rourke, who he shared the stage with last night. Um, He said new abortion laws being passed around the country, including the one here in Georgia, highlighted the need to ensure that low income women really had access to the to abortions
1: i can't justify leaving millions of women without access to the care they need and the ability to const- to exercise their constitutionally protected right if i believe health care is a right as i do i can no longer support an amendment that makes that right dependent on someone's zip code so
0: this was a total reversal from you know what his can, what his campaign was saying on on Wednesday and you know he he did explain it he tried to say you know I'm not going to ap- apologize for my former stance he said the circumstances are just different
1: okay so Joe Biden there speaking in Atlanta the question about the event specifically, Thursday morning was the African-American Leadership Summit courting the black vote and courting important endorsements. Who was there? I mean, how big did the party show up for this?
0: So this was a, a lot of big-name Democrats. You have Reverend Al Sharpton. You had Jesse Jackson was there. Um, Andrew Gillum, Stacey Abrams, uh, Representative Maxine Waters from California, a lot of really prominent black Democrats all came into Atlanta. And then, you, of course, you have lesser-known names, but some of the really top strategists that, you know, not every Everyone's assigned to a campaign, and some of these candidates are not only trying to court endorsements and raise campaign dollars, but they're trying to bolster their staff with some of these top minds in the Democratic Party.
1: So we mentioned at the top, a number of people have campaigned in Georgia so far, but where have they been? Have they stayed in the Atlanta metro region? Is that where the gains are seen?
0: So the vast majority has been in the metro Atlanta area. Um, You've seen events all over downtown uh, you've also seen events out in Gwinnett County. Elizabeth Warren held a rally back in March at a high school in Gwinnett County, one of the most dynamic counties in Georgia, if not in the country. Um, also, Plains, Georgia, has been an interesting destination for many, and that's because that is where former President uh, Jimmy Carter lives. And so a lot of people have made the pilgrimage, as they call it, down to his church down there to attend his Sunday school class and then meet with him and his wife afterwards. Um, Bernie Sanders is the only one who, so far that I know of, has visited Augusta, Georgia. He was doing a sweep of southern states. He was in South Carolina. Augusta is conveniently located right across the Savannah River, and he held a rally there as well.
1: An endorsement from Jimmy Carter would be very helpful, I guess, to any candidate. But but to go back to this question, is Georgia turning blue? David Brand, a Democratic donor and marketing professional, told the AJC, Georgia is now more than an ATM for presidential candidates. So these candidates are clearly seeing Georgia as a battleground, or as we've heard, even a blue state from Cory Booker. Are the numbers with them? So
0: the numbers for what will actually happen in the general election, when whoever the Democratic nominee is facing, Donald Trump, presumably, those those are a little fuzzy. But right now, they're really focused on these 120 Democratic delegates that will help them get the Democratic nomination. So they're really building that game. And then, of course, they're thinking long term, these candidates want the nomination. They're really trying to build their operation down here and get somewhere. Do we know if Georgia will turn blue? We're not sure the the numbers you know Stacey Abrams ran a really, really robust campaign. She will tell you as well as will other Democrats. they will tell you that the losses came because of voter suppression, and so hopefully, if we see these changes, if we don't see you know a Republican secretary of state overseeing his own election, they won't have anything to blame that on. So we'll see what, what changes during this election cycle and see if they get a different result.
1: And we'll see what the date of the primary is going to be. Because we still don't know. GPB Political Rewind producer Robert Jemison, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Let us know what you're thinking. We're on our Facebook group, GPB Radio On Second Thought. You can reach us on Twitter at OST Talk. Email us at onsecondthought at gpb.org. Is Georgia a purple or even blue state? Coming up, an epidemic in America that does not dominate candidates' messaging. In fact, we hear very little of evictions. I'm Virginia Prescott. Stay with us with On the Media host, Brooke Gladstone, and more of On Second Thought.